Exodus chapter number 2 is where we are today. Exodus chapter number 2. <clears throat> and this morning we're talking about parenting points. Uh, parenting points. It's a fascinating passage of Scripture. Um, probably, uh, arguably, uh, the greatest tribute found in Scripture to an individual mother. Uh, Exodus I'm thankful for God's goodness. I'm just glad to be here today. That's all. <clears throat> We're good. Exodus 2. <clears throat> when I think of parenting, uh, parenting is the greatest, greatest responsibility on the planet. When you're talking about becoming a parent, uh, I can remember when the boys were born and being overwhelmed in the birthing room. I was privileged enough to be there for both of our son's births. And, uh, and I remember, you know, being told to take pictures, you know, when the baby was born. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> that was hard to do because I was crying and, and overwhelmed. But I, but I tell you, I was overwhelmed with a lot of different emotions, uh, overjoyed at this life that, man, good night, this is somebody that's never been and is, and it's like, wow, look at this, and overwhelmed with, with a new life, uh, but then also overwhelmed with the weight of responsibility, recognizing that God entrusted me just now with a life, and that is a tremendous, tremendous weight of responsibility. God, help us to teach and to train up our children. And uh, when you're talking about being a parent, every parent wants to be uh, the greatest. Every parent wants to succeed. Every parent, there's nobody that has a child that says, man, I sure can't wait till they run up and get out of the house. <laughs> you know, I sure wait till uh, 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 they rebel and, and just tear my heart out of my chest. No, we, we say, man, I, I, I pray to God that they would walk with him. Uh, today we're celebrating our moms. I'm grateful to God for our moms. Abe, Abe Lincoln made this statement, no man is poor who has a godly mother. No man is poor who has a godly mother. I was thinking about moms and, uh, a lot this week, and I'm sure all of you have been as well. And, uh, but when you're talking about the roles and responsibilities of a mother, they're endless. When, you're, when, when you consider everything that they are about, they're nurses, they're chefs, they're taxi drivers, they're judges, uh, the referees, the, where, where does the list stop for a mother? Then, and at the end of the day, they do it all so gracefully, and, and, and they're the glue that holds the whole family together. I'm grateful to God for our mothers. That's not to say that our daddies are worthless because they're not. Uh, we're going to get there in a minute, but I am excited about our mothers this morning. Having said that, parenting is a partnership. It's not just about the moms, but it's the moms and the dads. Be careful that you don't fall into the trap when you're talking about parenting. A lot of times what we do is we say, man, uh, that son's just a chip off the old block for daddy, and daddy takes the boy, and mama takes the girl. Make sure, make sure that, 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 that the girl also gets her daddy, because if the girl don't get her daddy, and her daddy's not Superman in her life, somebody will become Superman sooner than later. And so God help us as daddies to make sure we take our daughters as well. And also mama's taking their boys out so that they're... Their, their, their boys learn how to treat a lady with respect, to learn how to treat a woman <clears throat> with great, great honor. And so parenting is a difficult task, difficult responsibilities. This morning, we're going to learn some lessons 
from a lady named Jochebed. And uh, Jochebed, in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter number 2, is Mo Moses' mama. And the Bible says it like this, beginning in verse number 1, Exodus chapter number 2. And watch as we read through here, uh, uh, Moses had a mama and a daddy. Uh, but he mentions his mama. He gives great, great, great tribute to his mother. Moses is writing. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. So he's writing this. And in the midst of writing this scripture, uh, he gives detailed account of his mama. So the Bible says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bore a son. <clears throat> and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. And then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens, walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall, shall I go and call a nurse for you? from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And I'm grateful to God for this story. Imagine what's happening in this story. Amram and Jochebed have a little boy, and, uh, and, 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 and here's little Moses' birth account. And uh, when you're talking about a person who is born in a difficult day, in a difficult situation, Moses would have been that person. You're talking about a little boy that's been born into uh, uh, the ghettos of Egypt, the overcrowded ghettos of Egypt during very, very difficult days. And many would say, man, there's no hope for him. But aren't you grateful to God that God can overcome our circumstances in life? No matter who you are, no matter where you have come from, God Almighty knows exactly where you are, and you are special to him. And don't ever forget that. You're so special. God has wonderful, wonderful plans for each and every one of us, and I'm grateful to God. Obviously, we know the story of Moses. Moses grows up, and, and Moses becomes uh, uh, the deliverer for the nation of Israel. Uh, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Uh, Moses is one that we look to as one of our forefathers when you look out <clears throat> at the great saints who have gone before us. In fact, I think of Amram and Jochebed thinking of their little boy. And 3 John, verse number 4, comes to mind. 3 John 4 says, I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. And it was no accident that Moses grew up and walked in the truth. It was no accident. It was, it was God Almighty using a mother and a father in the process. And so today we're talking about lessons from the life of Jacobed. And the first lesson would be this, as parents, when we're talking about parenting our children, precious, precious gifts from God. Number one, recognize the danger that exists. Recognize the danger that exists. 
The Bible says here in verses number 1 and 2 that when he was born, his mother hid him for three months. And she didn't hide him because he was ugly. She hid him for another reason. In fact, the Bible's interesting when it's written because it talks about Moses and it says, man, he was an incredibly good-looking little baby, better than most. Which isn't saying much because most are... Yours was probably beautiful, but anyways, uh, Moses was born, and the Bible says in Acts 7 and in verse number 20, it was at that time Moses was born, and he was lovely in the sight of God, and he was nurtured for three months. His mama had him. She recognized the danger. What was happening in the world at that time? Well, if you go back and read through the book of Genesis, what you'll find is that you had, if you remember the whole story, Abraham uh, had Isaac, and, 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 and Isaac had Jacob and Esau, the twin brothers, and, and the one, Jacob, became Israel. If you're reading through Genesis, he, he becomes Israel, and he becomes the father of many nations, and there's 12 tribes that are born. One of the sons was named Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph, the coat of many colors, and the brothers got really, really jealous of him. I'm, I know I'm fast-forwarding the story, but listen, it's a phenomenal story when you read it. It's a, it's a beautiful picture at how God works out all things together for good. In fact, when you're talking about Joseph, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because his brothers were extremely jealous of him. And he ends up over in Egypt as a he, he ends up over in Egypt and, and, and God is with him. He goes through some difficult days, but God is with him. And a famine, a famine comes into the land of Israel. And so they go over, and Joseph by this time has become the number two man in all of the land of Egypt. And when his brothers come to town, Joseph forgives them. If you're reading this story, Joseph forgives them, and they end up taking up residence in Egypt. And while they're there in Egypt, all of a sudden they stay there, and, and, and they begin to die off, and Joseph dies. And, and the Pharaoh that knew them died, and the new Pharaoh is on the throne, and the new Pharaoh looks at these Israelites and he says, man, they're becoming too many. And so he was intimidated by them. And so he says, man, we've got to get rid of them. We've got to get rid of them. We've got to get... And so every, he says, everyone that's born a little boy, every little boy that's born, we're going to throw them into the Nile. We're going to kill them. Every little boy that's born, we're going to kill them. Could you imagine this scene as Jochebed delivers Moses and she's waiting. Is it a boy? And she finds out. It's a boy. So she hid him for three months. Why? Because she recognized the danger that exists. Now today, we don't have a Pharaoh saying, if it's a little boy, kill him. But I'm telling you, the Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse number 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we do have a devil, and he is out to get our children. There's danger that exists. And we've got to recognize the danger along the way. The subtle serpent seeking to control the minds and the hearts of our children. The roaring lion. In fact, when you're talking about the roaring lion, what he does is he intimidates. And our children are being raised in a world that's very different than the one that I was raised in and many of you were raised in. When you're looking at the world in which we live, there's they're bombarded with things that aren't true, but they're being taught as truth. In other words, we're talking about evolution and saying, man, listen, there's no significance to life. And the fact of the matter is, there is a God who created you specially and uniquely. The whole message of tolerance, 
They're redefining terms. Tolerance, there's nothing wrong with tolerance, but it doesn't mean that I have to accept your beliefs as true if they're not true. God, help us understand the world, the gender confusion that our children are being bombarded with. Gender confusion. In other words, we're living in... Hey, we're living in a day when, when, when Bruce Jenner, that's his, that's his name, Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner is being celebrated today. And in my day when I was growing up, they would say, man, Bruce Jenner belongs really in, in a circus sideshow. And here's what's wrong is this morning there's a greater gasp because of what I said than a man that's dressed up like a woman on TV. And there's a serious problem with that. And our children are being taught, man, you're just being a bully, and I'm not being a bully. I'm telling you, man, we need to speak truth and do so in love. And God, help us know how to combine the two. We no longer know how to respond to authority. There's great, great danger. There's a great battle that's being waged, a war for the hearts and minds of our children, and we must recognize the danger. Jochebed recognized the danger, number one. Number two, it's not just in recognizing, but what are we going to do? She protected him. The Bible says in verse number three and four, but when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch, and then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile, and his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him to protect the baby. I'm certain that if we could be there, she carefully selected the branches along the way. That when she put the basket together, I am certain that she took great, great care. It wasn't a haphazard effort. It wasn't just, oh well, if you sink, you sink. If the crocodiles get you, they get you. No, no. I believe there was a careful selection in exactly what happened and, and, and really paying great, great attention to the detail, the position, and the purpose. It wasn't haphazard. If you're talking about Moses, imagine, I, I think about this story, and I think about how they're protecting their little one, and if Moses could talk, what would he say? He was just a little baby, so we know he wasn't talking at that time, but I bet there was a lot of screaming going on. But if he could talk, if he could talk, I'll tell you something I don't believe that he would say. I don't believe that when they put him in that little basket, I don't believe that Moses would have looked at his mama and looked at his daddy and said, man, thank you so much for blessing me with this little basket. Stick me in here. I don't think he would have said that. I, I really don't. I, I, believe, I believe that he'd have said, man, mom and dad, you're, you're cramping my style. Nobody else is in one of these things. I think that's what he would have said. But you know what? Mom and dad knew best, not Moses. Mom and dad knew best, and not Moses. And they said, we're going to protect him. And moms and dads, we have a responsibility to protect our children. And, and listen, you do know best. We're living in a day where we're bombarded with this message that, man, moms and dads are a bunch of foolish idiots and and, 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 and Billy knows best. In fact, you see it played out oftentimes. We're, we're, we're living in a day now where it's amazing at how well parents will follow the instruction of their children. 
the look. Remember, remember when you were growing up? I'm telling you, man, it's a different day. <laughs> I, I get to see my mom this afternoon. I'm excited about seeing my mom this afternoon. I'm 53. My mom still gives me the look. <laughs> Sometimes. Y'all, and, 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 and my generation, you know what I'm talking about. Wasn't no counting. Counting was the 10 count. That was it. She didn't abuse me. My mom and dad didn't. They did protect me. And when we're talking about being protective parents, we're not talking about paranoid parenting. There's a difference. There's a difference. Every single person on the planet is not out to get your child. But protect them. But don't be paranoid. We protect them in a lot of different ways. We protect them physically. It's easy to protect our children physically because we see it with our eyes. We see it. And so we protect them. We guard them. We don't put big chunks of steak on a little kid's plate because we don't want them choking. We put them in their car seats. Used to, one no car seat, but mama made sure you were safe in the car. <laughs> Her arm was that car seat. She took care of you. Physically, we take care of things, but what about spiritually? Are we taking care of our little children? Spiritually. Are we taking care of our children? You know, there's a little song that most of you probably have heard before. And it says, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down below. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Are we protecting what our children see? We've got to protect what they see. Movies, internet. I mean, we are living in a world where there is a lot of garbage that's only a click of a button away. Are we guarding and protecting? Hey, Hey, every, everybody's, everybody's got that, mom and dad. Everybody has that. Do you remember Moses? Protect our children. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. What about the music that's played? You know how powerful music is? It helps us remember. We have the privilege and opportunity at hiding God's word in our hearts through song and music. We don't have to listen to what the world has, messages for our children. We have better options and opportunities. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 23, talking about guarding our children, above all else, guard your hearts, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else, guard our hearts, for it is the wellspring of life. Of life. There's some things we can do to protect our children along the way, and we must do those things. I, I, I think of this story, and I believe that there were two essential messages that are taught in the protection process. I think one of them would be this. <clears throat> who are you? Helping your children understand who they are, that you are specially and uniquely and wonderfully designed by God who spoke everything into existence. But guess what? You're his workmanship. You're somebody special, number one. And number two, who is God? Oh, man, there is a God that he spoke the stars into existence. He spoke this world into existence. 
but he also created us. And when he created us, he said, man, that is very, very good. And that he knew that we would fall. He knew that we would fail. He knew that we would struggle and sin against him. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that our sin would separate us from him. But he says, man, I desire intimate fellowship with my people. And he sent his one and only son. He sent his son into this world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son into this world not to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Man, there is a God that loves you. He loves you and he loves me. In fact, so much so that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What a great demonstration of love. He didn't just die. He conquered death in the grave. He's alive and desires an intimate relationship with us. I believe those were lessons that were taught to Moses, that there is a God that loves us intimately. Hebrews eleven twenty three through 26, the Bible says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. I'm grateful that they taught him along the way. Can I tell you something? This world, this world is full of crocodiles even today that would love to get your children. Protect them. Protect your children along the way. <clears throat> Pray for your children. Pray for your children. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens, and walking alongside the Nile, she saw the basket among the reeds, sent her maiden. She brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying. She had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter <clears throat> said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother to be praying for <clears throat> your children. It's a fascinating story. So Jochebed knew that I only have a limited period of time with my son. I only have a limited amount of time. And as parents, we understand that, do we not? Especially if your children are grown. How brief is the time that God entrusts our children to our care? And so we got to recognize that, hey, listen, I've got a brief period of time, therefore I can't dilly-dally around. I've got to be serious about this business. But I also need to recognize they're not always going to be with me, but my God will always be with them. And I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to pray fervently over them. I'm going to pray for them. That God Almighty would grab them <clears throat> in a great, great way. Parenting is a partnership with God. Oh, it's mom and dad, but it's a partnership with God Almighty. God, this is your baby entrusted to me. God, help me 
And so when we pray for our children, how do you pray for your children, man? You pray for their salvation from before the time they were born. You pray for God's mate in life. You pray that they would know God's will, that they would walk in God's way, that God would empower them and guard them and guide them, and that, that, that these children would understand that, man, they're gifted creatures created by God Almighty to be used for His glory. And God helped them understand those things. And you pray that way. You pray the Proverbs over your children every day. You, you read through the Proverbs and you pray Proverbs over your children's lives. There's so many different ways we can pray for our kids. Prayer takes work. And a lot of times, if we're honest with one another, we're just not a praying kind of people. God, help us trust in the sovereign hand of God in this process. It's amazing how he works all things together for good. Nursing your children. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away from me. I'll give you your wages, but make sure you nurse this child. Man, we need to nurse our children. <clears throat> we need to nurse our children. We are growing up in a cruel world. This is a, this is a cold world. Cruel and uh, the home needs to be that sanctuary. The home needs to be that place where we nurse our children's wounds because they will be wounded along the way. It's just life. It's life in this world. People speak. You know, we often hear that little saying that say, sticks and stones break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. Man, that's a lie. <laughs> that's not true. Man, words will wound you deeply. And there are many that have been wounded deeply. And they need, hey, listen, your children need you to hear them, to take time with them, to listen to them along the way, to nurse them up. How do you nurse up your children, restoring their health? How do you nurse them up? There's three things I, I, I read, three things that every kid needs to hear from mom and dad, three things every kid needs to hear from their moms and dads. Number one, would be affirming them at what they're good at. Affirming them at what they're good at. A lot of times what we do is we say, man, I can't wait till my little boy becomes this. I can't wait till my little girl becomes this. And the fact of the matter is, it might be that God has a different plan for your little boy or little girl. What are they good at? And affirming them and what they're good at. You're really good at this. You're really good at that. And celebrating that with them, number one. Number two, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Hey, there, there are times along the way every single parent will be disappointed. But what are you proud of? And, and, and when you're talking about being proud of children, oh, I mean, there, there are times when performance makes us proud, and that's wonderful. But make sure it's not just limited to performance, but that it might be character as well. I mean, because character really does count. <clears throat> Build them up. I'm really proud of you, number two. And number three, every child needs to hear from their mom and dad, I love you. I love you. They need to know they're loved. Tell them. Oh, they know they're loved. Tell them. I, I'm, I'm grateful that... that you know, sometimes we have these, it seems as though generational curses maybe or something like that where a lot of times you don't hear those words. I know that my father came from, from, from uh, a generation that he never in his lifetime ever heard his father tell him that he loves him. 
ever. He struggled in sharing that with us, although he started. I'm grateful that we're doing better, but make sure we let them know, hey, we love you. We love you. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. <clears throat> you never have the opportunity to get off the clock as a parent. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. In other words, parenting needs to be an overflow of your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just, I, I, I'm going to have demands and expectations of you, but I want to show you. I want to show you. And out of an overflow of my relationship, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What's he saying? He's saying there's always going to be teachable moments. Seize the moment. Seize the moment. It's not just about saying, hey, we're going to have our devotion at this time, although that's wonderful and we need to. But it's also saying, let me show them Jesus along the way. Let me teach them about biblical truths when I have opportunity. Parenting. <clears throat> Verse number 10. <clears throat> Releasing our children. It's difficult to do. You know, parenting is a process of letting go. I mean, I mean we're always going to be mom and dad. I understand that. But it's also a process of letting go. <clears throat> Verse number 10. The child grew. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. <clears throat> there has to come a point in time when every parent recognizes that, hey, listen, my job is to teach and train them up. But I also need to recognize that part of that process is helping them discover who God created them to be. Ephesians 2, verse number 10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the work that he's prepared for us in advance, that God Almighty has a specific plan for each one of us. And God, help us in helping our children recognize that plan. <clears throat> Not to live for us forever, but to live for him. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine. In other words, <clears throat> we want his plans being practiced in the life of our children. God, help us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And finally, show them Jesus. Show them Jesus. So the question is, is what, what are my kids seeing in the home? It's one thing to teach lessons. It's another thing to live the lesson. And so God, help us to show them Jesus, to speak truth, to show mercy, to show grace, to show love, but to show them Jesus in the house. God, help us teach and train up our children. You can't show them. Listen, you can't show them what you don't have. And today I'm just asking, has there ever been a time in your life when you've been born again, to be born from above, to be saved, 
In other words, what happens to us when we get saved is we recognize, first of all, that I am a sinner and I have fallen short of God's glory, number one. But number two, I believe that God Almighty loves me and he sent his one and only son into this world and he died for me on a cross and he conquered death in the grave and he's alive. And if I repent of my sin and call on his name, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we're saved by grace through faith. It's not because I went to church. It's not because I prayed prayers. It's not because I'm going to get baptized today. But it's by grace that I've been saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And you know what happens when, when we get saved is the Holy Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in our hearts. And he changes us from the inside out. And so when others look and see, what do they see? They see the fruit of the Spirit. They see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And only then can we really show Jesus. Do you know him today? And if you don't, I'm inviting you. Call on his name today. Call on his name today. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer this morning? <clears throat> this morning we're going to pray, and after we pray, <clears throat> we're going to sing a song, and after the song has been sung, we'll be down front today. And maybe you hear this morning and would say, you know what, I've never been born again. I've never been saved. Would you come today? We would love to talk with you and pray with you, start you on a fascinating journey, the great adventure. You come today. Moms and dads, just want to encourage you today to be in prayer. Pray over your children. God, help me to show my children Jesus. And then I just want to encourage you guys today. If you've been blessed, man, I know that many of you have been blessed with incredible parents. And, and, and some of you have been blessed with parents that have been willing to take the time to build a boat to pr try to protect you. And sometimes it seemed stifling and sometimes it seemed as though it was unfair. But your mom and dad before God Almighty was simply saying, man, this is a child entrusted to us by God and I will protect them. I want to encourage you. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Why don't you take time today to thank your parents? Thank them for the guardrails they set up for you. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your goodness, God. Lord Jesus, have your way in our hearts. Have your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.